2: 800-823-8255. That is our number. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yarding on this very special weekend. It's Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day weekend. Why is it so special? Well, because it's Mother's Day weekend. In most areas, it's the official, unofficial, official, unofficial kickoff for the gardening season. And because it's Mother's Day weekend. Did I already say that, is it Mother's Day weekend? I think it's Mother's Day weekend. Huh. That's why it's such a special weekend. And it's time for the Cup of Joe, Mr. Joe Strecker, our executive producer. Find out what's going on in his lawn, his landscape, and, of course, our website at ronwilsononline.com. And, of course, his mother, who is one of the nicest mothers out there, Mrs. Strecker. Happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Strecker. Mm. Happy Mother's Day, Mom, tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Mother's
3: Day? It is? Yep. Tomorrow? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. It's going to okay. snuck up on you. Wow. Can't believe it. <clears throat> so, yeah, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Yes. And all the mothers out there. And, you know...
2: So about my mom,
3: and to Ron Wilson's mom, Nell Wilson. There you go. There you go, and to your wife, and to my wife, yeah. Carol Wilson, and to your daughter, Carly. Yes, and uh, this is what I was going to say. So, someone, I'm sorry, I interrupted. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, someone on Facebook, this was a couple years ago, who mm-hmm. said, "You know, Mother's Day is a day that we always honor mom, but what about ladies that aren't mothers? Do they get avoided on Mother's Day because they're not moms?" And I was like, you know what, you're right. So, in addition to moms, yes, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to, or just Happy Ladies Day to ladies to day. everyone to all the ladies out there. Today's your special day, Ladies Day. You know, you, you 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 know. So what? So so you don't have children. What if you've taken on, you know, someone else's children? Like you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't have any children of your own. But you've taken on the responsibility of, of looking after them. And, you know, Happy Mother's Day to you, too. Absolutely. I mean, you're just as just as, as worth a Happy Mother's Day than, and in some cases even more so, mm-hmm. than, um you know, an actual mom. So, yes. So Happy 100%. Mother's Day to all ladies.
2: You got it. You're so— There you go. You bring a tear to my eye. There you
3: go. I like
2: that side of Joe Strecker. There you go. Nice job! So happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's, and
3: I'll take ha, and I'll take Happy Mother's Day too. Being a single dad, I had to play both roles. Yeah, so I get to celebrate twice. Yeah, I get Father's Day too. Hmm. Good for you, <laughs> but you won't get anything for Father's Day. <laughs> I'll get something for Mother's Day. We'll
2: get something for Mother's Day, maybe. <laughs>
3: anyway, I don't. But Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there.
2: Good. So what's going on? Well, well,
3: is uh is Zach still uh, is he still upright? He is still upright. Yeah, because. Cause he did the half marathon the last week. Is he still upright?
2: He's still upright now. I He's did, walking kind of funny. He's,
3: I'm sure he was. Probably a lot slower. Uh, slow, slower today than usual. Um, you know, he's had a whole week to recover. I'm sure, but you know, he's it's it's been a while for him. Uh, he did the half marathon last week, and uh, did a good job. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his bu-
2: it's on his bucket list, you know. Yeah.
3: In all seriousness, I know I give Zach a hard time. But in all seriousness, that's an awesome accomplishment and uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yep. Now you did the what were, you uh, did. I the, did. The, uh, I did the mile on the mile. I did the mile on Friday. See Carly. I did not see Carly. Oh, no, she did that with a
2: friend of hers. Yeah. I did. Uh, she was disappointed in her time.
3: Well, sorry.
2: <laughs> three seconds. Sh- oh my god! Three seconds. Was there that there had been like her that. PR? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So. How could she? How dare she? You know, yeah, just I stop was, running. Told her I was totally disappointed. Just stop running. Yeah, You're just out give of it will. up.
3: <laughs> three seconds?
2: I don't know. It, was, it was, seriously. She was like, oh, I ran a two oh six. I was looking for a you know, a 203 or two oh three. Or I was like, okay, okay, whatever. Huh.
3: Wow. Yeah, I did the mile on on Friday and the five k on Saturday. And, oh, you did both of them, and yeah, and then okay. I, then handed out water on Sunday. Well, actually, not water, handed out candy on candy on, on Sunday. Yeah, we when the runners are running by, you know, oh, they okay. have a they not in addition to water and stuff, they need sustenance, right? To help them keep going. So, they candy, candy, candy. What yep. kind of candy? Uh, licorice, actually. Like Twizzlers, yeah, Twizzlers. I held the
2: Twizzlers out. So that's a good thing for runners.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Get a little shot of energy real fast right Interesting. there. So. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Cool. There you go. The more you know. The more you know. So, yeah, did that, and, and, you know, I, I bought I'm proud of Zach. I know that was oh, on absolutely. his bucket list. You know, in, in the last couple of years, he's graduated college. You know, mm-hmm. it took him 17 years to do it. Yeah. But yeah. he graduated, mm-hmm. and uh, he also ran a half marathon. Hmm? So what's next on his bucket list?
2: He's uh, he wants to plant, I think, five trees this year. Wants to plant five trees? Yeah, I think it was a, I think that was the number, something like that. Hmm. So, right, Zach? Yep, he's wanting to plant trees. Skydiving, skydiving. I think was you know, he did that. The balloon ride. He did that. Yeah, that's right. He did the balloon. Ride. So he's yeah, he's got a, he's got a list of. Yeah, he's knocking my, them off left and right. Well, here. it would have been my ten year bucket list, and it's Zach's one year bucket list. So. Huh. I don't know. It's that big radio money. Is that what it is?
3: Yeah. yeah. That's how he can afford it.
2: I, w- I was going to kid him and say, put on the list, learn how to produce, but <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I wasn't going to give him any grief today. He does a good job.
3: I wasn't going to give him any yeah, grief He does today. a good job. So 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 uh, congratulations, Zach. Good. Zach, again. Uh, you're, what, what's going on today on the show?
2: uh on the show today of course it's mother's day uh saturday and we'll talk about i got a lot of tips to share with you but we do have special guests ron rothis is going to be on with us again to, to talk about we haven't been on for a while Might just be his co-host the, yeah but he has been on for a while but we're going to talk about obviously the weather and what do we have coming up over the next four to six weeks I'm i think he's talking heat. about yeah he's talking about a warming trend now i'm gonna guess heat you know he did predict the frost last weekend about three weeks out he's a regular ira joe fisher he predicted that so he's going to be back on talking about uh, the weather. You know, we've we've had the issues about the peach loss in South Carolina. Right. Then this week I sent you the uh, information about the peach loss in Georgia. Which is on your website. Which is on our website at ronwilsononline.com. So I want to get to the bottom of how bad is it in Georgia. Yeah. So guess who we're going to have on the with Peach truck? The peach truck tour is going to be on. Stephen Rose is going to join us this morning to see how that affected the peach truck tour, yeah. which starts in about two weeks, by the way. Hmm. And then, of course, we have Gary Sullivan and Buggy Joe Boggs. Nice. So, it should be a lot of fun now, your website is ronwilsononline.com. and this week it was a little
3: special week. It was t- tour of or taste of the world. what you can grow yes, in you just your, kind gro- of went crazy there. what you can grow in your garden mm-hmm. to help uh, with with food that you make. Mm-hmm. And we started a, a little a different country or part of the world every day mm-hmm. and we started in Italy, went over to Mexico and Asia. And ended up in the islands. And the last one it was all about peppers. Cool so peppers for some reasons. For some reason, they're hot, everywhere. Hot peppers are like all over the place. It's yes. just it's just like hot sauce. I mean, when you go to you know certain stores, so, certain specialty stores, there are just hundreds of these hot sauces. It's like jungle gems is crazy. The, what's the point?
2: You've been there. I mean, I mean it's like six rows, two sided.
3: I know, and they have like special ones that are under lock and key. And
2: yeah. I don't understand it. I don't either. I don't even like hot sauce. I do, but not, I'm very particular about it though. Hmm. So, be fun to chat, try them all sometime, I guess. Not me. I don't like, I can't eat hot stuff. Oh. So, sorry.
3: Ah, eh, well. Uh, so that was that was the uh, that was this week. That's in, cool. In addition to all the buggy Joe bugs of the week, mm-hmm. including Spittlebug, he's which he's been is, nuts as which is Joe is, the last is, three weeks. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, and, and how to get rid of the Eastern Tent Caterpillar? That one hit big on Facebook, by the way. Good. And, That's because it's out everywhere right now. Mm-hmm, yeah, and uh, let's see. This week, uh, Rita's recipe of the week. Uh, she's using rosemary,
2: and it's a nice
3: little rosemary. Um, pork
2: tenderloin. Which is my least favorite of all herbs because I don't like chewing on pine needles. Yeah. Um, and I think it tastes like pine needles. But nevertheless, I've gotten to learn to like it a little bit more. But that's a great recipe. I have had that roast before and it's wonderful. It does add flavor. Yes.
3: And it's, yeah, very good. Very good. It just didn't make its way into the studio. No.
2: Unfortunately. Again.
3: Uh, Plants she, of the she week. She really
2: isn't bringing a lot of food in anymore like she used to, is she? No. Hmm. Hmm. I want to ask her about that. I have, but it just doesn't seem to matter. Hmm. Wonder what we've done, Joe. It's not what I done. I haven't done anything. What did I do? I don't know. You have anything to ask her. She does talk to Doctor Z a lot when he calls her. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's probably like kind of likes Doctor. I think she's forgotten about us and gone to Doctor Z. I guess I don't know. Makes sense. Plants of the week. Why does it make sense?
3: We're the old guys. Oh,
2: okay, that's true.
3: You now I said we.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean,
3: I'm 42.
2: Oh, you are getting old. Might as well just, you know. Hanging it up. One foot on the grave, <laughs> one on the banana peel, right? No. <laughs> you got a long way to go, buddy. <laughs> okay. okay, Plants of the week. Yes. Talk about the ones you picked first. The ones that I picked first. Yeah. The first one is orange
3: marmalade cassandra. Yeah. I'm going to guess that's an annual.
2: Yes. Because it says tropical.
3: Yes. And In our area, tropicals are usually annuals.
2: And why did you pick that particular plant?
3: Because cassandra. it's pretty.
2: Huh? Because it's pretty. Because it's pretty,
3: <laughs> and it's and with the heat coming, it's gonna be. It's something that's very good for the heat.
2: Yes, orange flower, very unusual. That foliage is unusual, but um, it's a great plant for hanging baskets or in a planter or even in the ground. Something for mom. Something great for mom. Inclu- and also the Blue my mind Evolvulus. Now, why'd you pick Evolvulus? Because it's pretty.
3: Cause you like that lavender blue flower? <laughs> yeah, pollinators and, like that one too. Yeah. It's
2: lavender blue flower, and it's more of a it's more of a creeper, isn't it? Kind of a spiller, kind of a plant. Can, yeah. you know, it can kind of bush up a little bit, but yeah, you're kind of out and, and, and over, or out as a yeah. ground cover. So kind of what you of could do cover. is you could
3: take the orange marmalade Cassandra, the blue my mind Evolvulus, put it in a container, and you got two complementary plants to give the mom. You could very much. Absolutely. It's amazing how that works. It is amazing how that does work. And I'm going to guess the Evolvulus is also an annual. Yes, it is.
2: There you go. Pollinators See? love it too. Did I mention that already? Look at that. Look at that. Great pollinator plant.
3: And the Ron Wilson plant of the week is the yes. dragon wing, red dragon wing begonia.
2: Well, no. It's not. It's not. No, it's not. It's not red. No. It's, it's just that every year I usually pick red dragon wing begonias. Oh, see, I fooled you yeah, Oh because that's what I always get my mom every year for Mother's Day. But this year, picture, I mentioned it in the in the article. That but, picture is the frost-proof gardenia. Yeah. So I had a little twist Dude, of the article, see? You totally threw me off. Little, yeah. See what I did there? So anyway, it's frost-proof gardenia. This is a new gardenia that's kind of interesting because it's smaller foliage, less picky, It'll take a little more of a sunnier location, great in containers. It flowers off and on all summer long. A little smaller flower, but very fragrant. A little smaller leaf, but really cool looking. It's called Frostproof Gardenia. It's really cool, adds great scents to the patio. Great gift for mom, great gift for you to put on the patio. And then you bring it back in over the wintertime, take it back outside in the springtime. But it's called Frostproof. And the reason they call it Frostproof, it's hardy through zone seven. So in Tennessee, they actually use it as a landscape plant. It starts flowering earlier in the season. It withstands the cooler temperatures and a few frosts as well. Um, but we found out that it does great in containers up here How big further does north. It get? So about three feet high, okay. three feet high and wide, okay. three and four feet. Because I was thinking you could
3: probably, if it was small enough, you probably could have make that a three plant container. But if that's going to be two feet tall, well, no, if you've you got a twenty
2: inch pot, well, I'm, then you'd have a gardenia. And your Cassander and, and your Blew My Mind. I don't have a 20-inch pot. you Yeah, it wow. Could, it could show up. It could. Uh, I don't need a pot that big. <laughs> Frost-proof gardenia. <laughs> so you cool. got three great plants there that all could be used in uh, combination planters for mom. Cool. Well, i got to hit the road. Why? Because it's Mother's Day and yep. my time is Mother's up. Day weekend. Mother's Day
3: weekend and my time is up. And your time is up. Yep. I'm getting the old heave ho from Zach
2: because he's in charge now. All right. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Our website is ronwilsononline.com. If you like what you see, Joe had everything to do with it. If you don't like what you see, not my fault. Let Zach know. 800 823 8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
0: How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1 800 823 Talk. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson.
4: Found a place to talk. 55KRC, the talk station.
2: Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Before we go any further, we need to clear something up. First of all, we need to get Dr. Z with his headphones on, our producer, and uh, on the microphone. Now, he's busy over there getting us back out from the break. Gets us all lined up. Right. Now he's ready. Can barely hear you. Okay. You're You're soft. You're quiet. How's that? That's much better. Now we can hear you uh last week you ran in the flying pig marathon
0: right the full marathon
2: and uh. joe joe of course congratulated you for the great job that you did and i can't believe that you did it myself but anyway and you used to run cross country in high school by the way true so you knew all about that and all about the long distance but it wasn't the half marathon as joe had suggested it was actually the entire marathon 26 miles it's like oh. 26.02 oh i'm sorry 26.02 miles and Joe is handing out candy, the Twizzlers. You said that was very distracting to you to have everyone handing out all the food.
0: I'm just impressed by people who can do that because like Do what?
2: Hand it out? That and the fact that these people could
0: eat Twizzlers like nonstop and just run like everything was fine. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do that. Like I could barely I w- drink water. Alone- I had one Twizzler and even that Twizzler, my stomach was like, What are you doing to me? But there were people like they were giving out beer. And these, like, thin mint cookies and just Swedish fish galore. And they were just putting them back like there was no tomorrow. Interesting. All
2: right. But congratulations to you because you did run the full 26-mile marathon. And that's why we wanted to make sure we cleared up. And uh, congratulations. All right. Thanks, John. That's one one thing off your bucket list. Absolutely. All right. Next one's golfing with Mr. Gary Sullivan. Uh, Good luck with that one. Golfing with Gary Sullivan on his bucket list. We'll see how that goes. It is Mother's Day weekend. This is the one we've been fighting for. We've been working toward. Couldn't wait for this one to show up. You know, it's it's the official, unofficial, official kickoff for the uh, gardening season for us anyway. Uh, obviously, in the South, they've been doing it for some time, so you know they've already they're into it. You know, no big deal for them on Mother's Day weekend. Besides, it's Mother's Day weekend, um, but it's a big one around here because. You know, we did get off to kind of an early start. Then the weather kind of backed us up a little bit, Been a lot of rainfall, uh, cooler temperatures, had a couple frosts, and we had some good frosts. Uh, knocked some plants back last week for the folks that got, uh, that were a little anxious and got out and planted and weren't able to cover and protect enough. And I think also, and we're going to talk to Ron Rothus in our next hour, um, I think the excessive moisture in the ground and rainfall didn't do a, a much justice either. As a matter of fact, I got an email this week from, um, Ohio State University Extension talking about Ohio farmers questioning now whether they need to replant because of all the rain and from the frost and the colder temperatures from early seeding. Major decision they have to make as well. Taking your calls, answering your questions, lots of tips to share. 800-823-8255. Here in the Garden with Ron Wilson.
4: The home for Rush. Weekdays at noon, 55KRC, the talk station.
2: Back here in the garden with Ron Wilson again. That toll free number 800 823 8255 on this Mother's Day weekend. You know the song Working for the Weekend? Well, this is the one we've been working for for the season, working for the Mother's Day weekend because it's the official, unofficial, official kickoff for of the planting season for us. And of course, a lot of folks, a lot of folks got out over the last three weeks and been planting tomatoes and peppers and uh, annuals and things like that. And unfortunately, in some areas, we had some pretty good frosts. Probably knocked a few things back. We've had some excessive uh, wet soils, cold, wet soils. A lot of annuals just won't tolerate and have gotten a few emails this week from folks saying tops of my tomatoes, tops of my peppers, uh, shriveled up, black, I'm not looking too good. What should I do? Can I clip that off? And, you know, the kicker is it's just like I was talking earlier about the farmers looking at what they're going to do because, you know, farmers... Try to get that uh, an early start as well, and kind of you know uh, play the weather and and figure out you know how soon they can get their crops in. But um, several things you got to look at. I personally, when they get when they look bad like that this time of the year, my personal opinion is for tomatoes and peppers and things like that, as you take them out and you replant, because you don't know exactly what the da- how much the damages are. You know, did it is it just the tops? Can you cut those off? Will they regrow? Yeah, most of the time they do. Um, but it takes a while, but sitting there in that cold, wet soil where, you know have they been damaged otherwise Have the roots been damaged? It slows down the metabolism of the plant when it 's cold and damp like that so there 's a lot of other things that can happen besides just the frost damage so if you 're sitting there this morning and you 've got the same issues out in your vegetable garden, uh, you know you make that final decision, but uh, i 've always been one that said you know i just i don 't want to take the chance now here 's the kicker. You can sit back and wait for two or three weeks and see what happens. Clip all the brown out and the black out, and see what happens. Now annuals, if you have annuals out there like uh, uh, begonias and and marigolds and things like that, cut them back. See what happens. The tomatoes, the peppers, and things like that. You know, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, they recover. Sometimes they don't. But give them a few weeks at the most. Give them a couple weeks. If you don't see anything recovering after a couple week period. I'd pull them out. The good thing is you still have time to plant, whether it be flowering annuals, the vegetables, whatever it may be. You've got you know, you've know, got through May and June to plant. You know me. I, I will plant things right up until the 4th of July as far as annuals and even the vegetables. But obviously, the earlier you can get them in, then, you, of course, you're going to get an earlier crop, et cetera, et cetera. But I wouldn't wait too long, try to make a decision and go from there. Personally, I'd I, I pull them out and I, I replant. Or you take half of them and you pull them out and replant half, just to be sure. And again, like I said, I've I've had several calls, several emails, folks showing me pictures, uh, and that's what happens when you you know you you do an early start. You do take that chance, but sometimes you uh, also roll the dice and do very well and come out uh, with flying colors and make it through the spring, you know, early spring season. So that would be my opinion. If uh, if you're looking at it, maybe you pull half and replace half. Give the other ones a couple weeks and make a decision at that point so you don't wait too long. And the longer you wait, obviously, the fewer um, selections you're going to have as far as replacement. This weekend, at your local independent garden stores, they're at their fullest. They have more varieties. They have more plants, quality, quantity. well. Hopefully they always have good quality. But quantities and numbers of selections and oddball things that you probably never see in there any other time. The rest of the year, you're going to see this weekend, next week, and next weekend as well. This is the these are the two big weekends and the weekend between. So you know if you're going to see big selections, this is the time to get out and check it out. If you wait till after that, you'll still have a great selection, and you'll still have great quality uh, quality plants, and you'll still find numbers, so you can still continue to plant. But the uh, varieties start to to reduce. And you know, like I, I always tell folks, after about another ten days or two weeks, when you really sell through a lot of the tomatoes and peppers and for instance at our our nursery we're growing over a hundred varieties of tomatoes and about eighty varieties of peppers and a hundred and forty varieties of herbs. Well, and about two or three weeks as you start to really sell down on those, we will continue we grow extra of about five or six or seven uh main varieties to you know, of cherries Uh, a beefsteak, a medium-sized tomato, um, you know, things like that. We'll have plenty of just a, a common selection to carry through May and into June. So they're still there for you to plant. It's just that you don't have all those unusual varieties if you're looking for them. And if you're not ready to plant right now, I'd still get out this weekend or next week and get those unusual selections So you've got them on hand, bring them home, set them on the patio or deck, keep them watered just like the garden center is going to, and then when you're ready to plant, go ahead and put them in the ground. As a matter of fact, I get a chance to to, uh, travel around occasionally on the weekends when you know I'm uh, broadcasting like in Columbus or something like that and seeing other garden centers. And, of course, if I see something there that I've never grown before, I will usually grab one or two just to take home, and I usually have a whole collage of things sitting on the patio waiting to be planted. Uh, and I eventually get to them somewhere down the road. But they'll sit in those pots and do nicely as long as I keep them watered and happy. And they go from there. So, again, get out to your local independent garden centers this weekend, next week, next weekend. And uh, check out all the great things that they have there. And, of course, for Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day weekend. Moms love things from or for the garden. They do. There's nothing better to brighten a mom's day than putting a uh, an already planted mixed annual planter on the patio or front porch that she can enjoy all summer long. Nothing better than putting a mixed uh, herb planter on mom's porch or patio that she can harvest from and enjoy looking at it and smelling the fragrances and use throughout the summer season. Nothing better than putting a nice planter of tropical plants assorted tropical or if you just want to go with one that's fine of crotons and jasmine and of course my plan of the week this week was which is called frost proof gardenia it's a gardenia that's a big bushy gardenia that loves uh, more sun than normal gardenias a little smaller green leaf flowers off and on all summer long very fragrant very easy to grow and it's hardy through zone 7 So the folks listening to our show in the Tennessee area and further south, they're actually using frost-proof gardenia as a landscape plant. But for us, it's going to be in a container, obviously, that I'd take inside in the summer or the winter and bring back outside in the summer and grow it outside. But this one called Frost-Proof, been on the market now about, that I know of, about two or three years now, and just performing exceptionally well. And if you'd like to see what it looks like, Go to our website, it's ronwilsononline.com. Scroll down to uh, Plants of the Week, and you'll see Joe's pick, which is Chrysander. You'll see the first picture of the orange flower, a really cool annual uh, that mom would love. Blew my mind, Evolvulus. And then my pick, which is the frost proof Gardenia. And again, check that out. But these are all great plants that mom would love to have in containers. And again, when you're doing a container for mom or you go to the local garden center and you pick up what it's already done and you're going to take it from mom, do me a favor. Or hanging baskets. They fall in the same category. Look at the size of the container, all right? If they're in containers that are about a 10-inch pot or smaller, especially hanging baskets, you know what? It doesn't take very long for those plants to fill up that container with roots, use up all the soil, and you have a hard time keeping them watered and fed throughout the rest of the season actually need to be upgraded to a larger pot so if you're buying mom a hanging basket look for 12 inch hanging baskets now again if you go with a 10 inch um it'll it'll work but you just gotta you just gotta stick with it more the larger the basket the better off it's going to be as you go through the season so a 12 14 inch basket um really works nicely 12 inch is probably probably one of the most common you'll see out there but you see um, tens and eights, especially those little eights for like four and five bucks. I look at those and say those are great for taking out of the plot and putting it in the ground or in another container. But if you're buying or buying it already done, get a 12 inch or larger hanging basket. And I'd also look at the containers, 12 inches or larger, something smaller than that. It's just going to outgrow it. I mean, it works for a while. It's like having a small vase of flowers. It'll work for a while, but eventually they outgrow those things and need to be repotted, which is uh, something you could do for mom later down the road. But, you know, get a nice sized container with lots of soil in there so those plants have a good chance of being very successful throughout the entire growing season. And mom's going to love you for it. Quick break. We come back. Phone lines are open for you. It's 800 823 8255. Chat room going on in our uh, Facebook page, In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Be sure and check that out. And, of course, our website at com. A reminder you are in the garden with Ron Wilson.
0: Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson.
4: The home for Sean Hannity. Weekdays at three, fifty-five KRC, the Talk Station.
2: Good morning. Welcome back. You're in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. It is Mother's Day weekend, Dick and Dayton. What's happening there? Oh, good morning, Ron. Good morning, sir. Happy Mother's Day weekend.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh, Ron. It's like It's like the city hall down in Cincinnati, or what is it, the day before Christmas, the... The place is rocked. I mean, it is rocked. <laughs> Everybody has bought flowers, mulch. I mean, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, trying to gather all the buggies and try to gather the red carts and the blue carts. It is absolutely bananas. It's just
2: controlled chaos, isn't that what it is?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and I tell you what, we 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 i don't know how we're doing it but the mulch you know the miracle Girl mulch is going and the flowers of course you know i i got a concert today in the band but uh i'll be back tomorrow but i tell you what i i worked over there i tell you what you 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 get a good workout it just constantly people buying you know oh well,
2: absolutely now where's your concert at today dick
1: oh that's in clifton uh uh clifton oh uh Clifton, Ohio, the Clifton um, Opera House, we, we always make a big hit there. Uh, we play there about three times every year. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Office of 72, of course, uh, down there where Senator Wine's from, you know. We, right. It's a little little place, but we pack them in, you Is know? that where the
2: Clifton Mill is?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's right <clears throat> around the corner there. I, right. I went around there to look at some uh, antiques, you know, and yeah. stuff. So but, you're going to be uh, what
2: time's your concert? 7:30 to 9:30 7:30 to 9:30 tonight and uh, and you're going to be playing and what do you play in the in the band so everybody well, knows. I
1: play actually, you know, I I grew up, with, you know, in Cleveland playing. I actually play the mandolin, the mandolin banjo, I chord the guitar and you know, I just you know, a jack-all-trades.
2: So you just move around all the instruments.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I can play, you know, like the D and C chord on the on the guitar and everything and uh Every time I bought this one song, you know, I had to do it the Kingston Trio. They always let me do Worried Man. Oh that's, yeah. Oh that that's a that's a good song. That's
2: one of your favorites. I've heard you sing it before with Gary Jeff.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But I tell you, Ron, life's good. It's it's oh, I want you to uh I might have to call you next week May sixteenth, nineteen ninety six, two one twenty one. Years at Lowe's Home Improvement.
2: Congratulations to you.
1: Yes. Are you signing an,
2: Do you sign autographs, Dick? Yeah. Good. So when people show up at the home, and this is they at Lowe's. I always
1: say, you know, they hear me on your your show, you know, or Gary Jeffs. They just said, "I want to see Dick." Oh, they absolutely. come down to see me. I mean, there's a whole fan base down there. that Comes down there, and even at the concert, this. It's kind of nice, Ron. You know, I get a little card from Dave, and it's kind of nice to know that people from Cincinnati come down there to see me. I, I feel honored, Ron. Well, if you're
2: out and about tonight and you want to take Mom somewhere, you can see Dick from Dayton in concert at the Clifton Opera. That's in Clifton, Ohio. You go to the Clifton Mill there. Great pancakes, by the way, at Clifton Mills. Yeah. And then you've got Yellow Springs right around the corner. It's a nice little area there. It is. And you never know. You know, you might even see Ch- Chappelle walking up and down the streets.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it's kind of nice. Lisa's got her hand. You know, you never keep the uh, the job I do, head loaders, you know. Mm-hmm. They never want to work. They work one day, and they say it's too much work. Oh, I mean. yeah. But I tell you what, you can't even go around the bend. I mean, it's so busy. But <laughs> Lisa thanks me. You know, she said, keep it up, Dick. You know, you got to. Uh, I want you to, uh she said at our little meetings. you got to keep playing the mandolin for us to keep us
2: going. There you go. Well, keep it going, Dick. Have a great Mother's Day weekend, and I'll talk to you next week, and good luck tonight. Okay. Thanks, Ron. All right. Take care. Dick from Dayton. Of course, it is Mother's Day weekend. Be sure and get out to your local independent garden centers and check out all the great things they have for mom. As a matter of fact, I was talking about some uh, earlier ideas with the tropical plants and mixed planters. Um, you know, I... I always and I I've said this forever on this show and my mom knows this. Um, I give her a hanging a couple of hanging baskets are called uh, dragon wing begonias and they're red, big green leaf, red foliage. They also come in a pink, but uh, like the red, and it's a really a carefree, old fashioned hanging basket that just does great with little or no maintenance. Um, it works for it, and it's something I've given to her for years for Mother's Day on the weekend. So you know she can always count on those. But then we always wind up doing our tomatoes for her, planting a few tomatoes. And I think that's something if, you know, your mom is one that used to garden, maybe uh, can't garden anymore, um, don't have the space or don't have the garden, not able to get out and work in the yard anymore. Container gardening affords all of us the opportunity to do some type of gardening. Whether you're 2 or 92, it doesn't matter, or 102, it doesn't matter. It gives you a chance to get out and do some type of gardening. And here's a chance for my mom to get on the patio or deck to plant, you know, and we plant a couple tomatoes for her, and a pepper, and some herbs. And last year, of course, we grew her for her the uh, sour gherkins, uh, the Mexican sour gherkins, which she uh, had a lot of fun with. I don't know if she ever ate one, but she had a lot of fun giving them away. But uh, but you know, here's a chance for her to have two or three tomato plants, a couple pepper plants that she can pick a tomato every day you know, or a pepper every day, and enjoy that throughout the season. Well, moms enjoy stuff like that. And so I enjoy planting for her as well. And, again, it gives her something uh, throughout the entire season. So keep those kind of things in in mind when you're thinking of gifts for mom. Flowers in a, in a vase is great. I mean, that's great because you can bring them inside. I have nothing wrong with that. Uh, the candy, well, it depends on the mom. Uh, I'm not big on that. But but, uh, but the flowers, of course, whether they be cut flowers, that's that's cool. I I can go with that. Um, but uh, something that continues to grow throughout the entire season. Moms are going to love you for it. And, again, mixed planters, hanging baskets, doing up an herb planter. Just think, you can get, you know, we are talking earlier about those planters. You you can buy um, a planter that's maybe uh, 14 inches wide or so. You could put five or six herbs of mom's favorite herbs in that planter, all right, put it in a sunny area on the patio or whatever, and that'll grow and she can harvest from that all summer long. And they look great and it smells great, and she's got fresh herbs at her at her, at her fingertips as well. So, you know, with three or four containers, mom can have a tomato, a pepper, some greens, some uh some herbs, a cucumber maybe growing on a trellis in out of one of the containers, mixed planter with some annuals. And don't forget a lot of those uh annuals like Swiss chard, Uh, Cosmic Kale, these are all edibles that look good in containers as well. Um, You just go nuts. I mean, you go out to your local independent garden store and see all the great things they have out there, grab yourself a container, walk around, get some really good potting soil, a little bit of Osmocote to put in there for you, a little bit of soil moist to uh, help uh, help uh, mom cut down on the watering, and just walk around and look at all the great plants that are available to plant in herb planters, annual planters, vegetable planters, Um, Mom's going to love you for it because it's a great thing. Maybe mom doesn't have a place to go outside, so it's all indoor. Well, Cut Flowers works for you there. How about tropical plants? You hear me talking about the ZZ plant, such an easy plant to grow. Dr. Z's had his uh, little Ron, his ZZ plant, since he first started producing this show. And through all the things that he does and never takes care of Ron, it's still looking great. Well, there's a great house plant for mom indoors called the ZZ plant. Again, all these things easy to take care of, continue to grow, something mom's going to think about all the time, thinking about you when she looks at the plants. I get goosebumps thinking about it. I can't wait to get done with the show so I can go back to the garden stores and see all the cool things for mom that the garden centers have this weekend. i always take a quick break. Coming up next, Ron Rothis, the uh, arbor doctor and hobby meteorologist. We're going to find out about what's going on with the weather. What he sees coming up in the future. Don't forget, he predicted the frost last week. Is this rain ever going to stop? And what's going on with the trees and shrubs? Here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
0: Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson.
4: Information when you need it from 55KRC V Talk Station.
2: Toll-free number on this Mother's Day weekend, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yarding. And, of course, if you're talking about yarding, you're also talking about the weather. And, of course, if we're talking about the weather, then the person we need to have on our show to talk about the weather is the man that knows more about the weather than the weathermen themselves. As a matter of fact, it's time for Weather, It's the Weather, starring the true seer of seers, prognosticator of prognosticators, and weather predictor extraordinaire, he once said, trees are good. Yes, trees love him. The weather channel fears him. He is amateur meteorologist and master certified arborist. The master himself, the arbor doctor, Mr. Ron Rothus. Good morning, sir.
5: Good morning. How are you? If I was any better,
2: I would be Joe Boggs.
5: I have said that many times.
2: If any of us were any About better.
5: myself and you. We would be Joe Boggs.
2: Yes. Ron's website is arbordoctor.com. If you want the weather, it's arbordoctor.com forward slash weather. Um, I know you probably get all these emails during the week as well, but I got one this week from uh, OSU Education saying that rain and frost leave farmers pondering replanting. You predicted yeah, it. You predicted I, I was
5: it. say that speaking of, of bobs, I've um, yeah, really. been seeing an awful lot of those lately.
2: Yeah. Well, you predicted this stuff. I think the farmers need to just connect with your website and they would be in much better shape because, you know, you you told us. And you did. Four weeks ago, you said you were talking about the rain and you were talking about, hold on, partner, because there's a cold front coming through and it looks like it's going to have some frost with it.
5: You called it. What can I say? And we did have frost. Now, you know, fortunately, I guess it wasn't as as killing as it could have been. Uh, I have seen some, some minor effects. But certainly, as you pointed out earlier, with the uh, and we we talked about this a few weeks ago when I was kind of warning about it that with the all the rain and the and the cold soil temperatures, people that were uh, racing to get their annuals in and their and their tender vegetables in, it, it, they're, they may be rethinking that at this point.
2: Yeah, and it's not, and as we've always said all along, and you've said it for years, we've all said it. It's not all about the air temperatures; it's about soil temperatures, soil moisture. All three combined. And, of course, with the farmers, with, uh, of course, not only just the frost uh, that did happen, but all the rain, of course, washing seeds out. And then, of course, the other factors it has, like uh, with the cold, damp- the dampness there, shutting down the metabolism of the plants. Then they become more subject to, to disease problems, and it could be a real fiasco. So, you know, tough decision they're going to have to make here over the next couple of weeks, I guess.
5: Yeah, and with the soil moisture issue in particular, and you know it varies around the area. It's actually been a little bit on the dry side in west central Ohio this spring, but uh, in southwest Ohio, where I where I live, um, where you hang out, I'm, yeah, where I hang out, it's almost I'm almost nine inches above normal for the year at my house at this point, which is just extraordinary. This time last year, I was near normal for the year, so just extraordinary amounts of rain. Yeah, I planted some. Uh, uh, deciduous hollies and back last year in a low spot that stays kind of wet because they're native to bogs, and uh, there's been standing water around those uh, deciduous hollies for two weeks now. Uh, not a lot, but but certainly the soil is completely saturated. Now those deciduous hollies are doing fine because they're they're native to boggy areas. it will be interesting to see how they do ultimately uh, because I'm testing the limits. But um, it's it's certainly been been wet. There's some areas in my back that I can't even mow. I just had to stay off of them.
2: Right, and I think Joe Boggs has a hedge of those around his backyard.
5: With a name like that, well, sure. You know, you, you with, the,
2: with his bog garden, of course, he has to work with all bog-loving plants. So
5: yeah, and with all his bad jokes, he gets bogged down.
2: He, <laughs> yes, he does. Ron Roth is our uh, special guest this morning. Of course, it's weather. It's the weather. Talking about the weather. And, of course, we, uh, we are now at Mother's Day weekend, which is the official, unofficial, official, unofficial kickoff for the spring gardening season. And uh, we like it when Mother's Day weekend is later in May rather than earlier in May. Um, but what are you seeing at this point forward for, uh,
5: for our area, anyway, as far as weather? You know, I always uh, like it when I leave you speechless for a second. Um, as for the weather, <laughs> um, it's, it's looking like uh, we're near the end of this cool spell. Uh, Still a fairly active pattern, but but dry in Cincinnati over the next week. As we head into the summer, and remember, when we talk about meteorological winter, well, meteorological summer is kind of the same way. When we talk about Memorial Day and and Labor Day, meteorologically, summer starts the 1st of June. So Memorial Day really is the kickoff of meteorological summer. And June, July, and August this year, uh, for a good part of the country, are looking hot, uh from the standpoint of drought and this is something that uh that you can I think you're going to address a little bit later with another one of your guests but uh you know we've wiped out drought drought over a good part of the country but in the southeast particularly in Georgia and in Alabama where they've had a a drought for a good part of the the past uh you know last summer and into the fall and winter uh it looks like it's going to continue in in Alabama and Georgia and maybe even get worse as we head into the summer,
2: yikes! So the South not looking good as far as moisture, and you're saying for for us in the Ohio Valley, um, hot summer and and possibly uh, dry as well.
5: Yeah, there's not a really clear signal right now as to to drought. Um, I think it's going to get drier than it's been. There's not a signal that it's going to stay as you know dramatically wet as it's been. Mm-hmm. And very often when you have high soil moisture. Uh, it becomes harder for a drought to develop because as weather systems move over that very, very wet area, they, they actually pick up some of that humidity and moisture, and, and it kind of energizes. And the opposite is true, too. If a weather system moves into a droughty area, it can sap some of the moisture out of the weather system. So, you know, old, old adage, drought begets drought and, and, and vice versa. So, you know, areas down in the southeast, Georgia, Alabama, uh, it's in South Carolina too, by the way, uh still looking not great as we go into the summer, but it's going to be hot. it looks like a particularly hot summer, uh so that is what it is and then looking even further ahead uh and this is just slight indications if things continue the way they they look like they may be uh it looks like we may have kind of a cool autumn and and possibly a mild winter over a good part of the country next year. So a cool uh, fall, yes.
2: Rather than a warm, because last year it was so warm. I mean, late it was like crazy. Yeah, we're
5: well, not saying bitter cold, but right? Cool, but then more fall-like weather. A mild, a mild winter.
2: Yeah, more fall-like weather, and then a mild winter, and uh, hopefully we don't do that warm-up thing like we did this past uh, February. Uh,
5: and of course. Predicting next winter when it's May is, is is extremely dangerous and going out on a limb, no pun intended. Uh, but, but that's your um, job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job to know how to do that and not how not to do that, actually. That's right.
2: <laughs> which you, you're supposed to know which limb to pick to go out on and which one to not go out on.
5: Correct. Correct. And, you know, always hope that, uh, that, that, that we guess right on that.
2: All right, we're going to take a quick break. His name is Ron Rothus. He is the Arbor Doc. His website is arbordoctor.com. We come back, we'll find out how this excessive rainfall in our area and maybe in your area as well has affected the trees and shrubs so far this spring season. Coming up next here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
0: Help for the do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson.
4: Talk is what we do. 55KRC, the talk station.
2: Welcome back. Here in the garden with Ron Wilson, our special guest this morning, of course, hosting Whether It's the Weather, is the Arbor Doctor, the certified master arborist, Arbor Doctor uh, Ron Roth. This is, of course, his website is arbordoctor.com. Talking about all this rainfall and the weather that we have had uh, this spring, been kind of uh, up and down and unusual. So how's all this excessive rainfall that we have had, Ron, affected uh, trees and evergreens in our area?
5: You know, it'll be interesting to see, but I'll... I'll... I'll tell you what I've seen in the past, and this is what worries me a little bit: is a lot of trees, if they're in trouble, when they sit in very wet, saturated conditions, it's kind of like having flowers in a vase of water. You know, they don't have much of a root system, but they've got that—they have that water there, so it, it kind of keeps them alive. And then mm-hmm. when we get into a hot, dry period in the summer, we get into July and August, the temperatures hit 90 degrees. Actually, it's going to be 86 this week. The soil moisture dries out. There's very little root system that's viable for those trees. And I've seen sugar maples, I've seen evergreens uh just, you know, turn brown when they get into those conditions. And people will say to me, Well, it was just fine and then it just dropped dead and my condition you know, my my answer to them is, well, it's actually been dead for, for quite some time, it just didn't know it yet. Yeah. So I think we're gonna see some apparently spontaneous death of some trees that were maybe already in some trouble and this kind of tipped them over the edge. Uh, It remains to be seen, but when things, a lot of trees just can't sit in water for, for long periods of time. And this is going to not be good for some of them.
2: So, so we'll just keep an eye out. And of course, as it does start to change with all the new foliage that's out there, of course, they kind of start to shed a few things anyway, because it's hard to support all that extra foliage you put out in the springtime with, all this great moisture, um, but again, uh, just kind of keep your eyes out. Nothing you can do about it at this stage, right?
5: There, there, there really isn't. I think one of the things to keep in mind is if the you know as we do get into the the really dry months, that watering is going to be important on a on a periodic basis because these trees have kind of over you know over excelled this spring, put on a lot of new growth, and you know you you remind people on a regular basis um, things need about an inch of water a week. And um, if they're not getting it from natural rainfall, uh, we're going to have to be vigilant about supplementing that to to keep things, you know, out of stress. Um, Certainly things don't need to be watered in most areas, at least not in the Ohio Valley right now with all the rain we've had. It's going to take a while for them to dry out. But with 86 degrees on several days in the coming week, you know, if we went two or three weeks without rain, Uh, we're going to get, you'd be surprised how dry some areas will get.
2: And it's always confusing because you look back and you say, my gosh, we're having rains every day for a month and a half. This stuff's got to be good for the rest of the summer. Doesn't work that way.
5: Yeah, saturation is 100%, and then it starts to run off. And, and, you know, an awful lot of rain we had this spring. You know, we had a lot of flash flooding. The street near my house uh, was under 7 feet of water on Easter Sunday. Uh, You know, all that water, there's only so much that can soak in. The rest of it runs off, and and, and it will dry out eventually, and and, and sometimes faster than you think, because drying rates in 90-degree weather with low humidities can be quite high.
2: Ron Roth, our special guest. Of course, his website is arbordoctor.com. Be sure and check it out in forward slash weather if you want to know more about the weather. And, of course, if you want to know about trees, uh, he is the man, and, of course, lots of great information on there for you as well. It's Mother's Day weekend. Looking back over the past, I know you uh, unfortunately lost your father earlier this year, uh, but mom's still around, right?
5: Mom's still around, and you know, I was I manned the, uh, S, the expert uh, booth at the Civic Garden Center sale in Cincinnati last week, and they had a lot of plants for sale, and I bought her a nice big hanging basket there if I hadn't been there, I would be going out to the local garden center and picking one up today.
2: I couldn't have paid you to to say that any better.
5: I listen to what you say. (laughs) I like that. Be nice to you.
2: Is it your mother who taught you about weather when she told you, Ron, your room looks like a tornado went through it?
5: Uh, Something like that. Yeah, I got told that more than once. You know, they say a messy desk is a a sign of brilliance. So I try to hold on to that. (laughs)
2: You the man, Ron Rothus. of course, his <laughs> website again, arbordoctor.com. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you in about three weeks, see how you're doing on that uh, weather forecast. But I'm just saying, one last time, you called it a couple weeks ago when you said, watch out for the frost, watch out for the rainfall. It's coming. You called it. We just need to keep listening to you. Thank you, I sir. I think
5: the frosts are mainly done uh, now in the Ohio Valley.
2: Uh-oh. You um, heard it. So. He said it. He thinks they're mainly done in the Ohio Valley It is Mother's Day weekend. Move forward, everybody. Get out and plant. Is that what you're saying?
5: That's what I'm saying.
2: You heard it right here from the Arbor Doctor, the certified master arborist, Mr. Ron Roth. always a pleasure. Have a great Mother's Day weekend.
5: Thank you very much, and uh, same to you and yours.
2: All right, take care. Ron Roth again at ArborDoctor.com, uh, and he did. He made that call right on the head when he was talking about the uh, frost. Uh, it did happen, uh, no doubt about it. So, again, I think we're we're good to go at this point forward. Let's say we are and uh, we move on. And, by the way, remember I told you this before, whatever your frost-free date is in your area, that just means your frosts are going to be 50, your chances of getting them are 50% or less once you get past that point. Uh, but uh, as Ron's seeing right now, and that's one thing that's over the years that we have gotten an advantage uh, for gardening Versus what we were seeing twenty and thirty years ago is the fact that they are pretty good now as far as looking out about you know two or three weeks out and getting a pretty good call on what 's going out there and uh, and as ron 's doing there and watching the uh, watching the weather and the uh, trends going through uh, being able to make a call further out and uh, looking at that right now looks like he said could we could be in good good shape, so get out this weekend. If you haven't planted a vegetable garden yet, if you haven't put those annuals out yet, this is a good one uh, for you get out and get started. So the gardening phone lines, we shall go. Carl in Ohio, good morning.
6: Yes, good morning, Ron. Yes, sir. Hey, I got some spirea bushes that are just blooming like crazy, okay. and uh, they need to be trimmed and, and shaped up a little bit. When should I do that?
2: Soon as they're finished flowering. Is this the uh, bridal wreath variety? Uh, well, they're white. I, yeah. I don't know the variety. It looks like they're... little bunches of flowers. like Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah up yeah, right, and arching right. over. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's an old-fashioned spirea. Kind of coming back into the landscape again. But as soon as they're done flowering, uh, and they're pretty well all spent, then that's a good time to go in and cut it back. Because that particular spirea flowers on last year's growth. Right. So you prune okay. it as soon as they're done, then it will put out new growth this year, and that's where you'll get your flowers for
6: next year. Oh. Okay, okay. That's what I was looking for. That's it. Ron, thank you very much. You're welcome, Carl. Mm -hmm. Have a
2: great Mother's Day weekend. And do remember that as far as pruning practices, lilacs, the early blooming spireas, azaleas, rhododendrons, forsythia, if they're spring flowering plants, you want to prune them after they're finished flowering. The lilacs, you want to prune as close to when they're finished uh, flowering as you can. Some of the other ones you can wait two or three or four weeks before you do it, but lilacs especially... Get on those right away. When they're done uh, flowering, if they need pruning, do the fl- uh, their pruning at that point. Um, once they start to put out that new growth, you're kind of messed over. If you take that off, you may be losing some of your buds for next year. So get on lilacs as soon as you can. Azaleas, rhododendrons, when they're finished, pinch out those old heads out of the top of those rotos. You can kind of hose out the azaleas. Great time for pruning them as well need to be cut back a little bit because they've gotten leggy this is the time of the year to prune back those azaleas and rhodas before that new growth comes out as well so spring flowering trees and shrubs if they're done flowering this is a great time to get out there and do a little pruning talking about peaches earlier we're going to talk about peaches and where are they in georgia what's a crop like coming
0: up next here in the garden with ron wilson Gardening questions? Ron has the answers at 1 800 823 TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson.
4: Listen to 55KRC B Talk Station at work. Go to 55KRC.com.
2: Good morning. Welcome back. You're in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. It is Mother's Day weekend. Now, this past week, I got a um, uh, one of the newsletters I get, and it's uh, the headline says, USDA researchers say Georgia peach crop worse than 100 years. Now, you remember about, I don't know, a month or month and a half ago, I was talking about the peaches in South Carolina and of course they had a major hit there um, as far as the peaches but I said don't worry about it because our folks in Georgia probably got us all covered. Well come to find out low chill hours coupled with that unexpected spring freeze has hit Georgia peach growers as well. Hit them pretty hard and then I started saying "Well, wait a second if this is right What's going to happen to my peach truck tour when they get out? Because they start this month and get out and start bringing peaches. Are we going to see peaches from the peach truck tour? Well, you know what I did. I got on the horn right away, and I got a hold of the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Stephen Rose, to find out what the heck is going on with Georgia peaches. And he's here this morning. Stephen, good morning. How you doing? What do you say,
7: Ron? How are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
7: Doing really well, really well.
2: Now, what do you? First of all, before we get started about the peaches, uh, it's Mother's Day weekend. Have you always been one for getting mom uh, something for the garden from uh, for Mother's Day, or did you just give her a bushel, bushel of peaches?
7: You know, a bushel of peaches usually does the trick. But um, my my mom, you know, I, I some roses. I not for the garden, of course, but um, you know, she's she's one who doesn't like to to fool around in the soil too much Okay. So, uh you know all i right. gotta get rid of the peaches do all the hard work myself
2: so the bushel of peaches actually does work for mom for mother's day then
7: exactly
2: got exactly. it got it well, well i'll tell you what Stephen. when i saw this article i said whoa wait a minute because you know i get nervous when the peach truck tour is getting ready to come around is this really true so did you guys and it's a combination here and I, first of all the low chill hours i don't think a lot of folks realize what that's all about
7: Right. You you need a certain number of hours under 45 degrees uh, each winter for your trees to go dormant, really rest up to get enough energy to output a good crop during the summer. Now, your early varieties that come in May, they need maybe 500 hours under 45 degrees. Your freestone varieties that come in July and August, they need 7, 8, 900 hours. Well, we, we hit, I, I think it was like right at 500 hours this winter. It was literally the warmest winter down on the farm since 1937, I think. Hmm. And so we've got a lot of trees that just don't have the energy to output a good crop, especially once our free stones come in um, late June and on. Mm-hmm. So what we did is said, you know, we, we can't just not do our tour Um, let's move it up and, and jump out on the tour when our clingstones come here. I mean, literally next Monday, we're hitting the ground running May 22nd going on our tour because we've got to serve these people anyways, even if it is a clingstone peach, um, which, which is of course that peach that clings to the pit in the middle rather than pulls off the pit. Not as ideal for canning and freezing, but just as delicious, and and you definitely can can and freeze well. So if
2: you're if you're eating fresh peaches, these are these are still good.
7: I mean they're delicious, they're unbelievable, so th- and uh, you know that warmth really. I mean to me it means we're going to have sweet juicy peaches because it hasn't rained a lot. There's not going to be a lot of water in the peaches. Um, they're they're just going to be that same sweet, juicy peach you're used to with us. It just is going to cling to the pit a little bit in the center of the peach, which I think it's more of a nuisance than a, than a deal-breaker.
2: Because you just have to work harder when you're biting into that thing to get the rest of that meat off of that pit.
7: Exactly, exactly.
2: So a little little more work possibly, but the flavor still going to be there. The quality still going to be there. And, and how about number-wise? I mean, you guys feel like you're in pretty good shape?
7: I mean we we'll do everything we can uh you know, to not turn anybody away. Um we we work hard on that every year. Mm-hmm. Going early just gives us the best opportunity to do that. If we waited for free stones there's no way we'd be able to serve everybody. And it, it it's a tough year, you know. This is one of those things um living that agriculture life where we're we're at the mercy of mother nature yep. and um <laughs> we do we prune every tree the same we thin them the same we pick them the same and that big uh thing called mother nature uh is the one obstacle we can't control and uh so it's just one of those years where we've got to get through it and hope hope our customers come out and support us still um even with the the tougher crop but yeah that that article was something wasn't it I mean they said it's you know worst damage since 1930 in in georgia peaches and uh you know we're we're doing everything we can to get through it and and make sure we serve our customers well
2: who is who is the grower we've had on the show a couple times big al
7: yeah al pearson absolutely still around oh yeah
2: still doing it still still the main grower 100%. 100%. one hundred percent hundred percent He' a good man he know he know, he knew his peaches, no doubt about it, so Stephen Rose our special guest this morning, and of course, if you've listened to our show over the years um you know we uh, we all, this whole thing started uh having Stephen on our show because of the the story behind this the the business and how it all started and it was one of those love stories truly was a love story turned into a business,
7: yeah, it really was um. You know, I grew up down in Fort Valley, Georgia, where our peaches are grown, and um, we, I moved to Nashville, I guess it was six, seven years ago now, and just couldn't find a good peach during the summertime, which, we're a state away from Georgia, there, there's just no reason for that, so um, when I was about to get married, I took my wife down to my hometown to show her around and hang out on the farm, and um, and she bit into her first Georgia peach, and subsequently tried to steal about five more peaches and put them in her purse <laughs> <laughs> from the front porch we were sitting on. But it, it, uh, you know, Georgia peaches during the summer, it was just kind of a way of life growing up. And so um, we just decided to partner with our hometown farm and bring their peaches up to Nashville was the original idea. And and from there it's grown. We, we do this tour across the Midwest, across Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Pennsylvania, we ship peaches nationwide, and it, it's all of that same mission of if people can taste a fresh Georgia peach right off the tree, they won't be able to go back to those, you know, mealy grocery store peaches there they're used to. It's, it's really uh, not even close as far as taste and quality is concerned.
2: Yeah, and again, it's called the Peach Truck Tour. Their website is thepeachtruck.com. Go to com and you can print out the map or the uh, schedule. I've got it in front of me right here. And you kick off next week in Tennessee, working your way up uh, into Kentucky. And then, of course, then you do hit, finally, um, Ohio toward the end of May.
7: Yes, sir. And
2: so you'll yes, be hitting sir. Ohio. and I think Cincinnati, you're here like uh, May the 30th, and then uh, working your way on up through Ohio. And so, uh, you know, you can get this this uh, the tour and mark the dates of places he's going to be close to you. Now, let me ask you this. Do I still have to camp out two days ahead of time <laughs> to get in line?
7: Last year was unbelievable. I know. It really uh, took off in a way that we uh, could not have anticipated. Um, I'll tell you what, there there are definitely long lines, Ron, but um, – as you know, our guys are amazing and and move people through. Oh, they really do a great job. They
2: do a great job. It's just a bazillion. Everybody, the words out about your great peaches, and boy, I know it. boy, I everybody wants them.
7: And we we did have to change a couple locations this year just because of that parking issue. You know, we <laughs> were locations people parking on medians, and you know it's it's like a, a crazy concert or something with fans going wild. But um, we. Uh, yeah, we're we're working hard to accommodate everybody and and move people through the line quickly. But yeah, two nights ahead, Ron, you should be fine in that. So I'll yeah, camp. I'll camp
2: out again. two nights ahead. I'll be playing uh, yeah. Eat a Peach, the Almond Brothers, <laughs> and have yeah. a little party. We'll be jamming until you guys show up. So I'll be the first one in line this time.
8: I love it. I love it.
2: Well, Stephen, always a pleasure talking to you. I was really worried when I saw this article this week about the peaches, but looks like you got us covered. And uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, tasting your peaches as usual. They're they are the best in the world. Going to have any uh, pecans on there as well or pecans?
7: Absolutely, we we'll have our pecans there, and they're just as delicious. Um, yeah, we we're super grateful that it is one of those years where we're just so grateful to have a crop at all. You know, there, mm-hmm. there were a lot of sleepless nights, and is it going to get cold? And what's this late frost going to do? And you know, it's a lot of sit and wait and assess you don't really know what the damage is until they start budding and you know we'll figure out what's going on so uh we're super grateful to to have a crop at all and i think it's going to be a really tasty one
2: how's that daughter years to see when we first started talking weren't you uh how many kids you have now
7: ron so we have a two and a half year old little girl and she's amazing and then we had twin boys um that are seven months old
2: congratulations
7: so yeah, it's a, <laughs> I've got mouths to feed, people. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's so fun. It's wild. We've got three kids, two and under. Um, so we're having an amazing time. Wow. Here.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I bet it's an amazing time. Hey, Stephen, thank you for joining us this morning. I know you're busy and getting ready for everything. Again, it's the the website is thepeachtruck.com. com. I'll keep you posted, to all our listeners, over the next uh, several weeks as this tour gets started. And if you were worried about it steven has got you covered. He's got your pecans as well. So uh, just get there earlier this time so you make sure you get yourself in line and, uh, and take advantage of some of the best peaches uh, you will ever eat. Steven, have a great uh, spring season, and maybe we'll talk to you a little bit later on.
7: Ron, thanks so much for
2: having me on. All right, good talking to you again, Steven Rose. It's the Peach Truck Tour, uh, thepeachtruck.com. dot com, and I'm not kidding when I say camp out because uh, they have gotten so popular. Their peaches are so outstanding. You got to get there early, but uh, again, you can check out, print out their uh, their schedule, and then uh, go to a place uh, close to you. you do, they do a lot of local garden centers, uh, hardware stores, tractor supplies, places like that. Rural King, a few of those as well. So uh, check it out kentucky tennessee ohio pennsylvania uh, you're all in Yeah, as a matter of fact you're in the garden with ron wilson
0: landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy he's in the garden and he's ron
4: wilson this is the tri-state's place to talk 55 krc B talk station
2: Good morning, welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, our toll free, free number is 800 823 It is Mother's Day weekend. Working for this weekend. You know, you wanted to get to this weekend. It's here. It's now. Beautiful day today. Been rain up till uh the last couple days, but beautiful day today. Tomorrow looks like about three, five days. Um uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday also looking good. So you got about five days here to get out and get some planting done, showers move back in, latter part of next week water everything in for you that you've gotten planted this week. So get out to your local independent garden centers this weekend and check out all the great things they have there. You'll never find a better selection than you'll find this weekend, next week, and next weekend possibly. But after that, the selections start to go down. Not that it gets bad, but they do start to go down I mean, they can only handle so many things uh, during the season, right? By the way, once again, the Peach Truck Tour uh, will start up here... uh, it doesn't get to Ohio until the uh, end of May, but it is in Kentucky and Tennessee. For your folks listening to us uh, in Kentucky, Tennessee, be sure and check out their uh, their website, com, and the pecans are outstanding. The pecans are as good as the peaches. But um, this thing has grown so much over the last couple years, it's been crazy. But they're, they're all the people that work this thing, they're as nice as can be, and they work fast to get you through the line, Get you your peaches. They're sold in half bushel, uh, half bushel boxes, and uh, to get you through the line. But the lines have been really long, so when you see the times and the dates, get there early so you get there early and you're up in the front of the line. I'm just forewarning you. But that tells you how good the peaches are because uh, they, get, they get so many people lined up, and they do. They'll cover. They're only there for like an hour and a half or two hours at a time, and uh, they they bring in enough peaches to cover during that time, and then they move on. So it's a in and out. But it's dot com, And uh, they got you covered on all those peaches and pecans, so keep that in mind. It is Mother's Day weekend. Hopefully you're going to get out and get mom something for, uh, for Mother's Day from your local garden centers. I also want to bring up a couple of things that have been happening this week. One is a lot of questions about pruning, uh, especially things that are flowering this time of the year. Remember the general rule of thumb, if things flower in the springtime, that typically means they flower on new gro- or uh, old growth from last year <clears throat> or previous years. So as soon as they're done flowering, then you go in there and you start pruning if needed. Now, not everything needs pruning, but if you need to prune, that's when to do it. Rhododendrons, when they're finished flowering, it's good to go through and just pinch those old flower heads. You can just take your hands, pinch them right out of the top. Azalea is kind of hard to go through and pick all those out. Sometimes a garden hose works nicely. But sometimes azaleas and rotos as well will get a little bit laggy, get a little tall, all the foliage, everything on the outside, but not much to the inside. You know, you can cut those back as soon as they're finished flowering, and it really does a nice job of uh, getting them to uh, become a a whole new plant, squattier, fuller, more branching, more flowers. Um, Sometimes it can be tough to do because once you get past all the foliage on the outside, there's nothing to the middle. But what happens is on those particular branches – The terminal buds that are on the ends of those branches actually um, secrete a, a substance which doesn't allow the buds to the inside of the plant to open up and grow. And so if you don't pinch those off, they stay tight. And if you look at the stems on azaleas back into the middle, you'll see buds on there that have never opened up. But if you take those ends off, and a lot of times I'm talking about a fourth of the plant, go back about a fourth into the plant. Not much left down to the inside as far as foliage. Just trust me on this one. You go back in. You cut them back. You give them a nice feeding of a Spomas holly tone. Water it in well. And just sit back and relax. And the next thing you know, three or four weeks later, you'll see some of those buds start to swell and start to open up. The next thing you know, your azalea becomes a whole new azalea. It looks totally different. Fuller down below. Nicer plant. More branching. And you get more flowers the following season. Very easily done. Rotos, you can do the same thing. Don't recover quite as quickly, but they can be done the same way with those. But spring flowering trees and shrubs, yes, as soon as they're finished flowering, make sure you get on it as far as pruning if needed. Um, Lilacs, right after they're done flowering, get on those right away and prune as needed. Also, as I look around right now, I'm seeing a lot of hydrangeas, macrophylla hydrangeas. The ones that turn pink or blue in the summertime, depending on the acidity of the soil. Um, A lot of those that were killed back from the warm-up spell we had in February, then it got cold again, wound up losing a lot of the the branches there. It's time at this stage to cut those back, if you haven't already, and get rid of the deadwood. If it's dead, get rid of it. It's not going to do you any good. You've lost all of that. Cut all that back and encourage the new growth from down below to come back up again. If they're the older varieties, you may not see any flowers on them the rest of the season. It's just going to be all foliage. If they're the Endless Summer Series or those that flower on new and old growth, you'll see flowers, but it's going to be later in the season. So you're going to see a lot of foliage, but eventually they will start to flower again on that new growth. That's one of the benefits of having those, but it's later in the season. I'll tell you that right now. The other one that can be a little confusing sometimes are the uh, the ever-blooming or re- not ever-blooming, the re-blooming lilacs, um, the, the bloomerangs, they flower really nicely in the springtime, but then they flower again later in the season. So here's what happens. If you, have to, if you need to prune those, as soon as they're finished flowering in the springtime, as soon as they're done, prune them just like we were talking about the lilacs. Then the bloomerangs have to reset, regrow. takes about 10 weeks, maybe 12, and then you start to see flowers again. So don't think it's gonna flower for you through the summer. It won't. There'll be a gap there, a period of time where it's not gonna flower, and then it's gonna come back and flower for you later in the summer and into the fall. That's the bloomerangs. I think there's a purple and a pink, if I'm not mistaken, in that bloomerang series. So it is a rebloomer, but it's a rebloomer from spring and then reblooming sometime late summer and early fall. Not as quite of the show in the fall as it is in the springtime. But it is a nice show, and there's a pretty good fragrance with those as well. Uh, but it's called Blue Meringue. And, again, there's a pink, I believe, and a purple that's available in that re-blooming lilac. But, again, that can be kind of confusing because they, they, they do bloom twice during the season. But, again, prune them as soon as they're done flowering in the spring. You should be good to go. And one last thing, suckers. the little growth coming up around the base of plants, especially around crab apples and things like that. They're coming up right now. Don't forget Sucker Punch. Helps to keep them under control. We'll talk more about it after break here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
0: How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1 800 823 TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson.
4: We all know Western Law. Weekdays at noon, 55 KRC, talk Station.
2: free number here in the garden same as it is every saturday morning 800-823-8255 good morning i am ron wilson your personal yard boy talking about yarding on the weekend we've been working for mother's day weekend that's the one kicks us off get out there and start planting if you haven't already and if you have already and it got drowned out or frosted out get out and plant some more time to get out and plant some more yes sir by the way, we will put a shout-out to uh, Balsam Sue. Y'all remember Balsam Sue up in Vermont. Um, used to make all the cool balsam things out of balsam uh, wood and balsam uh, uh, needles and always said, take the time to stop and smell the balsam. Listen, still listens to our show on a regular basis, and she's going to grow a Chicago hardy fig up in Vermont this year. Going to do it in a container and uh, take it in and out over the wintertime. Don't forget, as Byron Martin from Logie's, as uh, as explained to us a couple times here over the last couple years, you can also overwinter those, plant them in the ground, and overwintering by wrapping with insulation, plastic, et cetera, et cetera, and getting them to come through uh, each year uh, quite nicely and producing good figs for you, no matter which fig you decide to use. Chicago hardy happens to be a Zone 6 fig. I think it's one of the hardiest ones that's out there. But any of them can be grown according to Byron in the ground. I have not experimented with the other varieties in ground. I've always done them in containers, which is a great way to grow them. Um, but uh, he has quite a bit of experience with it and can be done. And again, uh, it's Byron Martin from Logies, L-O-G-E-E-S. But uh, get out to, if you're at your local garden centers if they have figs. A lot of fun to grow. Talked to my fig buddy yesterday from up in Columbus, Ohio, Mister John, and said his fig came through the winter looking uh, pretty good. He gets like two or three thousand figs off of his uh, fig tree every year. He covers it up. He cuts it back. They tie it up. Put uh, boxes around it like insulation and uh, mulch the the, the uh, roots and all. But they can get it to overwinter and it's uh, huge. Been there for years and uh, gets quite a few figs off of it. So can be done and you will find those at your local independent garden centers. Also getting a lot of calls this week about solitary bees in the ground. Happen to be out mowing the grass or walking through the yard and find a, a little nest, a little mound of uh, solitary bees going in and out. This is one time where, remember, these solitary bees are native bees, and, yes, they will go in and out of, uh, they'll, they'll colonize sometimes, go in and out of, uh, all get together in one little area. So you'll get several of them in a small nesting area. Remember, first of all, make sure it's not yellow jackets or hornets or wasps. But if it's just your regular solitary ground bees, And there's a bunch of them that fall into that category. Remember, they are all good uh, pollinator bees as well. Mining bees, cellophane bees, digger bees, uh, plaster bees, sweat bees, leafcutter bees, mason bees, they'll all do that. But they're all good early pollinators is my point. So you want to make sure that you leave them alone if you can. It's usually there for a very short period of time. Mow around it, walk around it, whatever it may be, but try to leave them alone if they are truly a nuisance and you have to get rid of them, usually if you set the garden hose right there and just pretty well drown it, drown the area, they'll move on. But what you will find is if these show up in your yard on a regular basis in early spring, it's usually in areas where the lawn is thinned out, where there's not a lot of foliage. So getting the lawn thicker, they don't can't really dig in those particular areas and create these little uh, in-ground temporary nuisance nests. Uh, so to speak. So anyway, if you are experiencing that in your yard, put up with it. It's only going to only last for a few weeks. Great pollinators. If you can't put up with it, just soak them really good with a garden hose. Drown, Kind of drown them out. They'll move on uh, to other places. All right. 800-823-8255 is our number on this uh, Mother's Day weekend. To Cincinnati we go. Mary, good morning.
1: I don't know. I hope this is a question for you, but I have stepping stones going back in my garden, and they have sunk about two inches, and I would like to rise them, and
8: I would like to know how I could do that.
2: You know, to pick those back up and get them back up, the two things you got to look at, and one would be some kind of a pry bar that you can work around each edge. Okay. And start to pry them back up out of the ground. And then secondly, what are you going to put underneath them?
1: I thought sand.
2: Yeah, so if you use sand, try to get a, a coarse sand. Okay. Um, You can even use a really fine gravel. Oh,
1: okay.
2: It would work for you too. either one, a, a fine gravel, and I would look at more of the, I'd look at more like the pea gravel, that type of thing. That's easier for you to move with your hand. Okay. Because you're going to be prying those up, kind of lifting them up one side at a time, putting a little underneath, you know, and kind of work your way around. Okay. Unless you can get somebody that can actually pry it up and stand it up on edge. Alright. When hold it while you come back in and backfill a little bit with the gravel or sand. Okay, everybody work that out. Yeah, and then lower those back down on top of that, and then kind of you know uh, push them back down so you kind of put pressure on them to pound them back into the ground, and then water them in well so that kind of gets everything to settle back down around it, and that should work for you.
1: That sounds great. That sounds pretty easy too. Well, thank you for your time.
2: Uh, You're welcome. Good talking to you. How about Paul in Alabama? Good morning. Good morning, Ron. How are you, sir? Great, thank you. Good. You
8: asked a question on the fertilizer. During the spring, you were telling us to put something out without the fertilizer that would kill the weeds for three months or four months.
2: What was that, please? Well, well what that is is a pre-emergent herbicide, and pre-emergent herbicides go after weed seeds. So any of the weed seeds that tar- start to germinate in the springtime while your lawn's dormant and not really filled out yet, that stops the weed seeds from coming up. So you don't have to deal with the, with the whatever comes up from seed. Now, if it's a perennial weed that comes up from the root system rather than from seed, that pre-emergent doesn't do you any good. Then you've got to go through and spot treat with a weed killer or vegetation killer to get those under control. But yeah, it's a it's a pre-emergent herbicide and it stops the seeds from coming up. All right. The question
8: here is: if, you, if your grass has started growing, will that stuff kill it?
2: No. As a matter of fact, the, the pre-emergent. All that does is goes after seeds, all right? So even if you put it down, you can put pre-emergent down anytime during the year unless you were actually seeding the lawn, and, of course, it would stop the the grass seed from coming up as well. But otherwise, pre-emergent herbicides, really just all they do is when you put them down, you water them in, they create this barrier that stops seeds from growing. So they'll germinate, try to grow, but they can't. They can't root in, and it stops them from doing that. But otherwise, it doesn't affect your grass uh and and again read the label because there are some plants that, and, and some are listed for la- lawn some are listed for landscape some are even listed for the vegetable garden but make okay. sure make sure you read the label so you know which is which and there are a few plants you don't use them around but otherwise shouldn't affect your turf at all
8: what i was all i could find said use under much much or use in the garden so it made me think it might kill you grass so that's what i was trying if there is there something out there that's specifically
2: for lawns? Well, you know, if you look, if, if you go to a local garden center and they would show you like the one called Dimension, Dimension is one of the few that you can actually put in the lawn and in the landscape bed as well. And it's, there's very few of them that you can do on both. But that's one that can go both ways. Um, but if you ask for a specific, say, I need a pre-immersion herbicide for my lawn, they'll show you which one is for specifically for the lawn. But Dimension can go both in the lawn and in the landscape beds
1: that's great we appreciate your time very
2: much all right paul good talking to you and uh, let's take a quick break we come back we'll continue on 800-823-8255 is our number here in the garden with ron
0: wilson green thumb or not ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK this is in the garden with ron wilson
4: John Hannity, with days 3 till 6, 55 KRC, VTalk Station.
2: Welcome back. Here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Again, our toll-free number, 800-823-8255, Mother's Day Weekend, the one we've been working for. And, you know, if you're thinking about um, maybe you have a house that you don't have a vegetable garden, you're thinking about putting a vegetable garden out in the backyard or wherever it may be and you you haven't done it yet, may I suggest that you do a raised bed garden where you actually come in and, and, and build some small walls, whether it be using timbers, um, composite wood, stone blocks, um, you know, you can even use a, um, a galvanized roofing, things like that. There's also many things you can use to to create raised beds, but it really is the way to grow. And I think once you invest the time and the money into making raised beds, um, you'll find how much easier and better crops you will have growing in these how much easier it is for you to garden by doing them in raised beds and again so many ways different ways you can build these remember you only want them about four to five feet max in width they can be as long as you want but only about four to five feet wide so it's easy for you to reach into the center um, of the raised bed Um, but then uh, whatever length you want you can do that up to you. And then you can put hoops on the top and create greenhouses and grow covers over the top for the summertime and netting over the top to keep the critters out. I mean, there's just, and and of course you create the soil that's in the bed. It's just so many great benefits to raised bed gardening. It's phenomenal. So if you're thinking about doing that this year, take it the extra step, do the raised beds. I I saw somebody had done a pretty cool garden where they had taken window wells, the galvanized window wells. And then bolted wood on. They were like the uh, ends, and then bolted uh, pine wood in between, and created created them that way. And then took some that just bolted them together, and made round uh, galvanized beds, a uh, little like containers above ground to to garden in. So, sort of like container gardening, and that was pretty cool and worked and was very efficient, and 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 was a great way to to uh, to grow as well. But keep that in mind, please, when you're looking at gardening. I think you'll have a much more success. Uh, by doing that. And, of course, container gardening is what I've been doing for years. I love it. Um, remember, the: in most cases, the larger the pot, the better off you're going to be because as those plants are growing in there over the summertime, they need that soil to root into. Now, some things don't have to be as deep as some of these pots are, but width can be really, really important. And, again, use a good potting soil. Don't forget to add your soil moisture, your coconut core, to help cut down on the watering little Osmocote to feed lightly through the season, and then you can supplement during the year with uh, tomato tone or, or, or miracle grow or whatever you want during the season. Um, but add a little bit of uh, Osmocote or so to the soil before you plant. You can even add the granular fertilizer if you want to before you plant. And if you're doing tomatoes and peppers in containers, make sure you add an extra source of calcium. I have so many folks that get off to a good start and all of a sudden the tomatoes start to come on and they have blossom end rot, which is where the bottoms start to turn black or brown. It's a lack of calcium. Now, there's many reasons why the calcium may not be getting to the fruit. But the first thing you want to make sure is that you have calcium in the soil. Then if you've got that, we can look at the other factors. And in potting mixes, they typically don't have any fertilizer uh, and typically not any calcium. And you can get calcium from lime, from gypsum. Uh, from buying straight calcium, which you can buy at your garden centers. Um, tomato Tone by uh, Spoma, holly uh, tomato tone, has extra calcium in it because it's for tomatoes and for growing for peppers as well. So use something with high calcium so that you make sure you've got the calcium in there to help cut back on blossom end rot. And then you're ready to go for your container gardening. And, again, in the containers, you know, your imagination is your limitation as far as what you can grow there? My 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 uh, theory has always been: if it grows in the ground, chances you are can grow in a pot, and probably even better because you control everything. And I'm talking about the the bushland berry, blueberries, and, and dwarf raspberries, and blackberries, and the urban apples, and, and you know the whole nine yards. Horseradish, I love growing horseradish in containers. Looks cool. After two years, you got a whole pot full of horseradish roots. Um, keeps it contained. Rhubarb, all the herbs. I just can't push it enough. And again, get out to your local garden centers this weekend. You're going to find out all the great containers that are out there for you uh, and growing in container gardens. Kevin in Ohio has got a raised beds comment. Kevin, good morning.
8: Good morning, Mr. Wilson. How are you? Sir? I'm
2: great. You're not out deer hunting today?
8: Uh, no,
2: I'm showing plants
8: <laughs> at the nursery. Gotta work, man. Darn, uh oh, darn it. Uh, Talking about deer every day, though, I mean, that's just, it's got to be in our conversation as gardeners. We have to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Trying to experiment this year on something new, and I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. But, uh, Ron, if there ever was a year for a gardener to turn through frustration to raise gardening and raise beds and planters, this is the year. I mean, what, you, what you've been preaching for a long time holds true this year. I was involved yesterday with the Parks, City of Cincinnati Parks in there corporate challenge and actually had a very good group working in a park with me and that soil was still so moist and so cold and i felt guilty putting plants in that (laughs) you know mother who would think that we'd have these conditions through mother's day weekend yeah you know i'm i'm cautious about even going out there over the next couple days till it dries out and then but um i was also today thinking about we have an event coming up with a Cincinnati Horticultural Society and we one of our favorite events to do is gardeners recognition and you can go on the Cincinnati horticultural.com website mm-hmm. and recognize your neighbors a business the dentist or anybody that you're around that has a beautiful garden and I think this year and and I'm just made this award up about five minutes ago I think we're gonna have a special category called the ron wilson category <laughs> and we want nomination for raised gardens hey. and planters vegetables or flowers so in honor of this very wet year and you're preaching to us for years about the raised plantings and their success we're going to have a special category Good
6: excellent
2: excellent do me a favor email me all the info i'll be sure to share with everybody next week We'll put it mm-hmm. on our website as well and let everybody know about the contest and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the awards. And uh, we'll be, we're happy to post that for you and let everybody know. But I appreciate the, the input, Kevin, because, of course, uh, you're a well-known landscaper, been doing this for all your life. And, you know, you've seen a lot of it just like a lot of us have. And, and you know, this res bed thing, it's just uh, once you do it, and you've got the cost involved, there's no doubt in the labor, but once you do it, it's the best thing you ever did. Yes, sir. All right. Kevin, I, and keep me posted uh, on that deer thing. And by the way, I forgot to tell you, the Ponsiris that you gave me a couple of years ago.
8: You have some fruit this year.
2: It's it's flowering, and I'm gonna have some fruit this year.
8: Uh,
0: enjoy.
2: I will. Thank you, sir. Always Hi. a always a pleasure. Ponsiris Flying Dragon. He gave me one a couple of years ago, and that thing is uh, finally flowered this year. Gonna have some fruit. If you're not sure, Ponsiris, P O N Y S or Pons C Y R U S flying dragon it's a hardy uh citrus that has these huge thorns on it that's a really cool looking plant and my grandson wanted this thing after he saw it and we planted it at his house and uh he is now getting uh flowers and is going to have fruit on it and it's it's a pretty cool plant to so be sure and check it out but the, always a pleasure having Kevin on and that's kind of cool to have a, a raised bed category uh, but it is. It's one of the best ways to grow. I I can't push it enough, especially when you get into a spring like we've had here with the cool weather and all the rainfall as well. Quick break. We come back. Gary Sullivan coming up next with a little home improvement. Then Buggy Joe Boggs. this Mother's Day weekend. We'll find out some of the things that their mothers taught them as they were growing up. I can't wait to hear from Gary and especially from uh, Buggy Joe what his mom taught him growing up here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
0: landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy he's in the garden and he's ron wilson
4: L taxes your kids talk about it on 55 krc v talk station
2: Welcome back. here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. It is time for a little home improvement from the man, the myth, the legend, the most listened to home improvement show host in the entire solar system. His name is Gary Sullivan. His website is GarySullivanOnline.com. More home improvement information and content on that website than you will find on any website, again, in the entire solar system. And by the way, his name is Mr. Gary Sullivan. We call him the homeboy. What say you? I say, tell me something your mother taught you when you were growing up. Well, before we get to that,
9: I saw your pictures on okay, your blog right. <laughs> at ronwilsononline.com. Take off my headphones. Well, I wanted—I just want to compliment you. Uh, pictures on what? On your ronwilsononline.com, your container gardens, how you turn that deck into that big container garden. Do you it's like It's really looking good. It looks awesome. I'm glad you took that up because it does look nice. Now, are you doing tomatoes and peppers on that? No. What, what are we corn? I don't know what's going corn. on there. Well, that looks good. Did you see it? Yeah, the way you are framed it. Are you being up, serious? Yeah, it's awesome looking.
2: I just I'm surprised you did it. Do you know somebody sent me pictures of that this week? No. Yes, of their deck that they took and built planters on top of their deck. Oh, I thought it was yours. That's what I thought you. That's no. That's not <clears throat> yours. No. It was your idea, and oh. they're building they're building planters on top of their deck <coughs> yes. next to the homeboy. Okay, well, I, I, thought I have, it have was never yours. seen that ever, other than the fact that I'm just big planters. up There, <coughs> we're trendsetters, Ron. but literally building they took took their huge deck and turned it into a raised planter bed.
9: I thought it was yours. We no. talked about getting yours cleaned and were, sealed, and nothing ever happened. It, and I saw these cleaned. pictures, and I thought, my gosh, he took it my advice. It did get clean. It looks
2: fantastic. It did get clean. It just didn't get sealed. I thought you did. The, no, I, I thought didn't thought do you, it. Uh, but oh. somebody did. They thought it was a great idea, and it looks good. Now I just got out told them to send pictures when they get it planted. So what would your mom teach you? Stay away from people like you. <laughs> Is that right? Well, mm-hmm. you kind of grew up on a little farm. She had to teach you. We did. We were always out in the country. Yeah. My, my parents both grew up on farms, too. Yeah. But she taught me time travel. Time travel. Mm-hmm. If well, you don't straighten up, I'll knock you the next week. Oh, Yeah. My mom chased me with a fly one time. Well, I got beat with a fly oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> no, don't my mom, no. not say Yeah, I got hit once with a fly swatter.
9: My, my teachable Those moment Those the life. wire
2: ones. <laughs> yeah,
9: my Those teachable hurt. moment was the fly Yeah, kind of being raised at me on the steps. And I was probably about 14 and I took it from her. Oh. oh mistake!
2: You. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never, ever did that. Well,
9: I just didn't want to get it. Because I would have gotten dead. it from my mom and then from my dad. just I don't do that, and I kind of, and then we, yeah, we had a conference Ooh. that night. Ooh. We, had a, bet we, we did. had a conference that we were on restricted. How old were play you? Time. About fourteen. Ooh, it wasn't like a violent thing. She was just like just don't giving do me that. that, and I just kind of didn't want that pointed at me, and that probably wasn't a good choice. No.
2: That probably wasn't a good no. choice. I would have feared my mom first from, at that point, and then my dad when he got home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Conference. Well,
9: those are those teachable moments, Ron. How about that we the circle of life.
2: Huh? The circle of life. Circle of life's been. I brought you into this world. I can take you. Oh out. yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah.
9: <laughs> I had that said to me numerous times. In did, fact, <laughs> I did
2: several orbits. Did she, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. Did she ever say stop acting like your dad? No, no, because
9: I acted totally like my mom. Oh, did Oh, yeah, I was totally I acted my like mom. me. I was totally my mom. I mean, I mean, after I got married, if something great happened to me, I called my mom before I called my wife. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> so I remember she said, Why do you always call your mom first? I, said, I don't know. Just do. Tell mom. Yeah, yeah. It must have been the fly spotter. That's why something. there's Mother's Day. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, my mom was always at my side. If I did something stupid, it was usually my dad that was going to correct me, and my mom that was going to come in and give me a pep talk. It's all right. <laughs>
2: there you go. Yeah. See. Yeah, right. That's
9: what moms are for. All right. Pick you up. Pick you up.
2: Did you ever tell your kids? Wait. Wait. I hope you have kids that grow up. When you grow up, you'll understand that they'll be just like. Hope they're just like you. Yeah, you know one of those deals. Uh, don't you think Is that's, it turning well, out that way? Yes, yes. Don't you think
9: that's one of the privileges they, of? Yeah, are they, uh, they looking at good it good saying, age? "Boy, you were right, Dad." Yeah. Or how many times have you seen your kid become you, and you just put your head down oh, and yeah. shake? Oh. oh my God, don't do that. Yeah. That's so me. I that's not yeah. good quality of me. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> or when your grandson or granddaughter does something, and you just look at your kids and go. Try to tell you. Told you. Try to tell
2: right. you. Uh, Carly, Carly will look at me and say, "I know you told me when I was little. Try I to they're they're going to be just like me. I hope they turn out to be just like you." Yeah. And they do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's
9: great, isn't it?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it's Mother's Day weekend. Yes, it is. It's the weekend we've been working for. Oh, yeah. You know, finally get the Mother's Day weekend.
9: Well, holy cow. I mean, this is when we do all our planting and everything, It's when everybody,
2: right? if the official, unofficial, official, unofficial
9: mm-hmm. kickoff for the planting season. Was, Although most
2: folks have been at it for the last four well, weeks or I so. I was
9: going to get a big old head start, but, but it never
2: happened. Yeah. I was. That's probably a good thing.
9: Well, it probably is because last week, well, I was gone last week, but it wasn't a very nice week, was it? No, it was nasty. Cold, yeah.
2: wet. It wasn't just all about the frost. I mean, it was just the wet soil and cool weather. and
9: Backyard A lot sopping. of plants don't
2: like that. Yeah. Sopping. Grass didn't even sopping. grow
9: that much when I was gone. I was, was gone like wet. five days and it, it drowning. didn't even
2: grow. It was trying to stay alive. Keep from drowning. <laughs> See, even Ohio farmers have to decide right now what they're going to do. Because <sighs> they so. had both cold weather, wet feet. Lots of rain that washed a lot of things away, and frost on top of it. So now they've got to give that crop about another week or so to make it make a call what they're going to do. Mm. Replant, Replant, let it try, or, yeah. to see if it's going to come along.
9: Well, it looks a so. long range. It looks pretty good, huh?
2: Yeah, actually it does. And talking to Ron Roth this morning, you know, we've got five days of good warm weather, sunny days. Rain moving in a little bit toward the end of next week. So you should be able to get out and plant this week, and then Mother Nature will water it in for you. But then he said staying warmer. But did you hear his summer forecast? No. Right now he's making the call, and he said he's pretty strong with this. Hot summer, that hotter than usual this year, so yeah. expect warmer weather. I'm not a big hot fan. Either. And probably not so much serious droughts, but dry times. I knew so you'd get wife, that drought in there. I so knew Mrs. would be able to hear me say? I knew you'd get that in. It's Every time it there. rains like
9: deluges upon us, she always goes, is Ron going to tell Ron? you it's a drought today? <laughs> and I'm going to go, all right, yeah, probably. He's like some droughts. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. When I was I'm was, i like a to, drought. You'd like to talk about Oh, droughts. talk about droughts. Okay. But you ought to see Lake Mead. You know, we are flying into Vegas going to the National Harbour. That's right. You were out there, weren't you? Week. Lake Mead is in, I'm, I'm telling you. It was, Great shape. Well, from Filled the up. sky, from the air, it's significantly up from where it was just last year. Mm. I mean, significantly. I mean, it looked like a dry bed of sand and dirt a couple yeah. of years ago. But isn't yeah. that where you kind of go around behind the rocks and go behind yeah thing, yeah, yeah yeah and they yeah. weren't able to do that
2: anymore because it's gone down it, so low. yeah exactly
9: exactly yeah. so i you know i don't know what the water tables are but it's certainly been up but uh yeah looking much better in the west it's looking a little better
2: so at the it's hardware show yeah out in vegas
9: boy the technology just coming just in. in fact we taped the show we're gonna play it in june um because so many things we talked about great summer projects but technology just really you know the cameras and the when the doorbell rings, your phone lights up, and you can see who's at your door, and all the things with lighting, and it's just so prevalent now. Mm. But very cool stuff. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it Does was Does your good head time. just kind of spin? I'm getting a grasp on it stay now. How focused? I mean, you know, there's so much That's stuff. That's the story of my life, Rob. How do I? How do you stay focused
9: on something like that? We have it all scheduled up before okay. we even get there. We do Laura does. Yes, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, somebody's got to keep yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Laura's got it scheduled yeah, up. Yep. She's you got a fly read, you just, too. read the,
2: you just read the schedule.
9: I do. Well, I don't to even flight. do that. She just goes, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I a fly in the back and back <laughs> It's a fly yeah. swatter. I pay attention to fly swatters.
2: And she's probably and got one. She's
9: got several. <laughs> <laughs> so you got
2: lots of report from the heart. Show. Yeah.
9: Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We're going to spruce up the front door. That's what we're going to do today. We are. Paint. Do we uh, urethane? Do we restain? Do we strip? A lot of neat new paint strippers and urethane strippers out made of soy. Hmm, All natural. Very fe- effective, too. So we'll talk a little bit about that.
2: Cool. Yeah. A lot going on. Cool. That's start scary. planting. They're, yeah. Start planting. That's Gary. Uh, by the way, do you, yes. do you get your wife something for Mother's Day? <sighs> Not yet, but her
9: birthday was last month, and we really did a big celebration for her birthday. So that kind of carries for in for Mother's she Day. She keeps telling me that does. Yeah. She's, she's that doesn't mean she's anything. very that means low, low. No, that means no. You got to get her something. Uh, it's a trap in it. Yes, it is. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. are welcome. Hey, by the way, that deck you have
2: looks really they, nice. They have chocolate things for Mother, or a hollow for Mother's yes. Day, so we'd have a Mother's Day sully. Yes, yes, they do have to look for them but they got them mother's day sullies yeah, absolutely i can't wait for father's day sullies. Oh, i can't either <laughs> gary sullivan coming up uh, next on most of these uh, stations and of course if uh, you want to check out his website at, check it out it's gary coming up next buggy joe boggs here in the garden with ron wilson
0: landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy he's in the garden and he's ron wilson
4: Rush weekdays at noon on 55 KRC VTalk Station.
2: Welcome back. Happy Mother's Day weekend. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. It is time for the Buggy Joe Boggs Report, Mr. Joe Boggs, OSU, uh, whatever you're from. <laughs> from somewhere, from nice, someplace. Nice pick last week, by the way.
6: Oh, which the... Uh, Almost dreaming? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you, it is, uh, it is amazing out there right now. I mean, the sun is just fantastic. Today's going to be... Uh, Today is going to be a good photo day. What do you think of that?
2: I don't know, but I'm talking about the horse pick you had last week.
6: Oh, the horse pick. Almost oh, dreaming like almost I know. You know that was uh that was my second. That I was
2: re- that was a fluke. <laughs>
6: Yes, it's, I will own up to it. In, in fact, if there had been a horse named Almost Fluke, I would have picked I would that have taken, well, I took, what, <laughs> Gorvin
2: and Galvin or something. I don't know the two I well, took. Well,
6: started, uh, yeah, as,
2: as we One of them came to, in third fourth.
6: Well, it's true. It's yeah. true. But they were sitting on the back porch talking for too long. Yeah, too long. they were just hung out <laughs> back there talking about it. You going to move
2: up? Now you go ahead and move on up.
6: It was. It was. You know, I... This is the first time in a long, long time, in fact, maybe even forever for me, that I was able to watch the whole, you know, day's festivities, all the other races. And I did not know, I think I emailed this to you, I did not know that they ran on turf, that they have a turf track at at Churchill Downs. I never knew that.
2: Yeah, of course, your next question was what kind of turf they have. (laughs)
6: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to go down there and check that. Just find out, out because I
2: mean, if it takes a beating from the horses, it's got to be pretty good turf.
6: And that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly that's right. And 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 I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain that uh, that we could probably get on the property if if I you know, introduce you know the yard boy. You right?
2: <laughs> we take Larry Hanks. We can get in. <laughs>
6: Well, that's true. That's true.
2: I was looking at all these things that that mothers teach us, and I know your mother taught you religion. Yes, you better you better pray (laughs) that that squirrel brain gravy comes out of the carpet.
6: (laughs) Yeah, that's And how did you know? Yes, our favorite our favorite gravy. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, how can I say it? And my mom taught me osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat that corn.
6: I like that. I like that. I like that one. Or you're going
2: to stamina. You're going to sit there till you eat all that corn.
6: Or what about what about genealogy?
2: You're going to act like I'm your wa- dad?
6: <laughs> no, I'm going to oh. slap you so hard your ancestors are
2: going <laughs> to hurt. <laughs> uh, that's a good one.
6: <laughs> yes. <I,
2: laughs> Joey, look I, at the dirt on the back of your neck. <laughs>
6: You know that explains that explains why for years I had this crick in my neck. You know, <laughs> trying to. <laughs> Joe, if you not, would,
2: if you and your brother are going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the house.
6: <laughs> All of the momisms. Yeah. Oh yeah. All of the momisms. If you don't eat yep. your vegetables,
2: you'll never grow up. <laughs> Guess I never ate my vegetables. I,
6: <laughs> so what's going well, on in the buggy world out there? Well, I tell you, there are apples on oak trees. Uh, you know, this, this is... Apples this, on oaks? Apples on... It, it's just amazing. These, these uh, of course, what we're talking about are oak, oak apple galls. And, and I find it amazing with these little gall makers. They're, in this case, it's a little tiny wasp. Now, they don't sting people, but in fact, they would look like gnats. You know, they're about that same size. Mm-hmm. And, and so these little wasps, you know, they... They uh, they lay their eggs in different parts of the plant depending on the the wasp species, and um, and of course I ha- always have to say not every gall is produced by a wasp. There's also some little midge flies, some little tiny flies that again look like gnats, and there are other things. I'll be writing about some areophyid mite galls here probably today or tomorrow or early next week because they likewise can cause these. Root with these weird plant structure that we call galls. Well, oak apple galls as the name implies they look like little apples. In fact, I have a picture posted on the uh, on the Buckeye Yard and Garden line that uh that the, the gall even has little spots on it and it, it looks like insect damage on a green apple. So so they 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 look like different things in this case or they look like different sized apples produced by this by these by these little tiny wasps but the thing i find amazing Ron is that as tiny as these wasps are i don't understand why we see typically the same gall over a wide geographical area from year to year for example this year it appears that oak apple galls are pretty common based on the emails i've gotten pictures and and so on But next year, we may not see any of them in Ohio or Pennsylvania or Tennessee. I mean, it's over a wide area. We get the same species of wasp producing the same gall. You know, do they have like a little, you know, like a little wasp internet or something like that? Or they're communicating, hey, let's do it this year. Let's make them really wonder what's happening. But that's happening. And, of course, a few weeks ago, I uh, talked about... Well, I actually didn't get. We didn't talk about it, but I wrote an article about the gnarled oak leaf midge gall. And as I mentioned, you know, we do have little tiny flies, and this causes oak leaves to to look like kind of like brain like structures. The leaves curl in, and they uh, they can be covered in you know little white material, looks like little white hairs if you look closely. Mm-hmm. I've gotten emails from Cliff Sadoff up at Purdue, from uh, uh, Lexington, uh, uh, Dave Leonard down there at Lexington, uh, Columbus. I mean, I've gotten emails from a wide area of this same gall maker <laughs> producing these galls on pin Oak. So, again, it looks like a very good year for galls. But and, and that makes you happy. It does, yes, I'm a gallaholic. I admit that it's just uh finding these fascinating because these little creatures, these little gall makers, are actually producing chemicals that uh that turn plant genes on and off to grow these gall structures. Now, that's the first kind of interesting thing, but the second thing is no scientist in in the u s or Europe or anywhere has ever grown a gall without the gall maker. Now, you might say, well, why would they they want to do that? Well, imagine being able to turn, as I said, plant genes on and off to grow these structures. And this is what's important to always remember. Any particular gall maker, like this oak apple gall wasps, the particular gall maker species only produces that same structure year after year after year. They don't produce other types of galls. They produce only one type. So they're able to get oak trees, for example, to grow these apple-like structures year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And just imagine what we could understand about plant physiology and genetics and so on if we knew what they exactly what they were doing.
5: Right.
6: And, you know, people are thinking, well, yes, he's really gone around the, the bend. Of course, I, yes, I have, <laughs> but no, that's another story. The the point being is that that uh, that galls and I knew I know you were going to get to this because we always talk about it. The vast majority, in fact, we can almost say, you know, for example, all these oak apple galls do not cause any harm to the host. Right. They, they're interesting structures. So, golly, Sergeant Carter,
2: we run out of time. <laughs> we hey, run out of time. Tell Mrs. Boggs to have a very happy Mother's Day. And the same. The same to Mrs. Wilson. I will. Always a pleasure, Buggy <laughs> Joe Boggs. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you next week. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to all our callers today. Thanks to all our sponsors today. Thanks, of course, to Dr. Z, our producer, because as you all well know, without Dr. Z, this show just wouldn't happen. Now, do yourself a favor. Think about where you're going to plant those pollinator plants. Think we're going about uh, where you're going to plant that tree this year, if you haven't planted it already. Make sure you get out this weekend and get Mom something really cool from your independent garden centers for Mother's Day weekend and make it the absolute best Mother's Day weekend of your life. See ya.
5: Help
0: for the do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson.
4: to talk we have you cover 55 KRC the talk station